Top of the 7 o'clock hour. Welcome back, everybody. WIP Morning Show. John Johnson, Rhea Hughes, and it's a Wednesday morning, and you know what that means. The one and only Ross Tucker. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, John, Rhea. How are you guys? Good morning. Oh, Ross, Ross, my goodness, we have so much to get into. I don't think two hours is nearly enough time. Um, let, let's start here. So we've had some uh, a couple days to kind of relax and look back at that Eagles just trouncing of the New York Giants. Maybe it was a result of having two weeks to overthink a situation. Ross, did that game play out as you expected, or did the Eagles show you some things you did not expect? Well, I thought it could go one of two ways, John. I, I thought that they could either come flying out, you know, after the bye, energized, refreshed, Lane Johnson's back, Hertz is healthy, and basically do what they ended up doing. Or I thought they might be a little bit rusty and sluggish early and that it could be a tight game against the Giants. I mean, listen, I have a betting podcast, Even Money Podcast. I took the Giants getting the seven and a half. So that tells you how much I know. (laughs) It was uh, close for about a quarter. Yeah, but but obviously (laughs) I was thrilled. And uh, it it was just awesome to see, you know, my biggest fear, I think, guys, the way the season finished is that they never kind of got their mojo back. Right. And that it'd be like, wow, they had this great year, but then after Hurts got hurt, they never really got back on track. That's not the case. Like, they're back on track. They got the momentum. They've got the mojo. If they lose now, it's just because they lose. It's not has nothing to do with Hurts' injury, nothing to do with struggling at the end of the year. I it's the like, two best teams battling it out. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like Saturday night, they they uh, what's that movie when Stella got her groove back yeah. or whatever? <laughs> Saturday, Saturday night was when the Eagles got their groove back. I like back. it, Ross. Like, and, um, and I feel like that's the case. But I will say this, you know, and I was talking about this yesterday. I feel like we, at times, overstate, overrate the previous week's outcome. In other words, like you guys know, I do a lot of national stuff, and it seems like everybody thinks it's going to be an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl, and the betting lines are going that way. And that's primarily because the Eagles and Bengals kicked you know what yeah. last week, right? But the week before, the Bengals were five and a half point underdogs to the Bills because. They didn't look good against the Ravens. Right. The Bengals were lucky to beat the Ravens. At, they had that goal line thing. You yourself and many other people were picking the Giants because of how great they looked against an awful, you know, a, a fraud of a Vikings team. Well, well, I thought the Eagles would win the game. Yeah. I just thought the Giants, no, not, you know, with yeah. the spread. Yeah. But everybody but, thought the Giants had, you know, Daniel Jones has arrived and, you know, all that. Well, so it's really hard. I think it's human nature. Yeah. It's really hard to watch the Giants play that well. And the last time we had seen the Eagles, they, they didn't really play that great yeah. against Davis Webb and the Giants' backup. So it's hard for us to um, separate the last thing we just saw from a team. And so for this week, John, mm-hmm. what we saw was the Eagles annihilate the Giants, and we saw the Niners really I, – I thought that was an even game against the Cowboys with the exception of those two horrific yeah. Dak interceptions. I thought – I mean, honestly – I. I kind of feel like the Cowboys would have won that game if it wasn't for those two Dak picks. If Tony Pollard doesn't go down, I think they win that game. 
It's a very distinct possibility, which makes me feel good about, hey, the Niners aren't that great, but I don't really know how much that has to do with what happens on Sunday. Well, the, Ross, this leads into what my – like the, what. What I started the show with because it always does, John. Leading question, John. <laughs> Absolutely, Johnson, it always does. <laughs> Ross, listening to my colleagues here at WIP these last few days and many great callers of the station, it appears a vast majority are so confident in this coming Sunday that they've already over. They've already looked past the 49ers. It's already what, what reservations are you making while you're in Arizona? Are you getting together with a lot of people out there? Like it's just assumed they're going to beat the 49ers, and as you pointed out. Sometimes momentum means nothing. Sometimes it's each and every matchup, each and every week presents a different challenge, and it, it, they don't carry over. Well, and I think th- I'm so glad you said that. A couple things, right? Number one, this is not a seven-game series. It's not a five-game series. I would feel very confident about the Eagles in either one of those. It's a one-game scenario, and every team every week has a new game plan for that opponent. Like, the Eagles aren't going to defend the Niners the exact same way the Cowboys did. The Niners probably aren't going to attack the Eagles the same way, and vice versa. And, you know, the Eagles obviously had a great plan against the Giants. Maybe they don't have a great plan against the Niners. Yeah, so the Eagles Eagles ran all over the Giants. But you don't – I mean, the the 49ers are very good against the run. I think they've only allowed, what, five, you know, over – you know, five 100-yard rushers the whole year. You had mentioned to us yesterday you think the best chance is to throw the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith because of their secondary. Some interesting stats, and this is Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. who's really, He's like up there with Ruben Frank now with stats. His stats on Jalen Hurts on passes 25 yards downfield, tremendous, 125 quarterback rating, 10 touchdowns, one interception, whereas the 49ers defense on passes 25 yards or downfield, bottom five in the NFL. Is that where the Eagles should attack them? I think, uh, yes. I mean, the Niners are very good against the run. Their linebackers are awesome. Their safety, if you haven't watched a lot of the Niners this year, I didn't know much about this kid. He was a fifth-round pick last year, Talanoa Hafunga. Mm -hmm. When you watch him on Sunday, you're going to think you're watching, like, Polamalu again. Oh, wow. Evidently, Polamalu is, like, his mentor, and, um, you know, they're both Polynesian, and he is very aggressive, very good, was an awesome fifth-round pick. So I think I think the best bet for the Eagles is their stud-wide receivers against the corners for the Niners that I don't think are that great. I mean, it's, this is not Bradbury and Slay. They think Charvarius Ward is pretty good. I don't really think he's that great. Uh, Lenore on the other side. Now, that said, you know, the Niners play a lot of zone coverage. But still, even if you're zone coverage, if you have a safety in the middle of the field, those guys, you know, even if it's cover three, right, which means it's zone, those corners on the outside, they're still pretty much responsible for the receivers down the field. And I really, really like the Eagles in those matchups. Ross, for those who didn't do much studying of the 49ers, saw them in passing and just are are reading everything they can about them leading to Sunday, since we're sticking with the Eagles' offense, how – What's their pass rush like? We know, we know Joey Bosa had 18 and a half sacks, but other than Bosa, is this going to be one of those games where Jalen Hurts is going to have to do a lot of running around in the backfield? Well, so the other guys have not been as productive, but I actually watched, I went back and rewatched Cowboys Niners again last night. 
uh, with my daughter, by the way. She sat there with me the whole nice. time. You know that condensed version where yes. you can watch yeah. the whole thing in 36 minutes? It's yep. amazing. Um, so they, the other guys, are they're not big names, John, mm. but they're pretty good. So Eric Armstead was a first-round pick D-tackle. He's pretty good. Kinlaw was a first-round pick D-tackle. He's solid. Armstead's probably the biggest interior threat. And then they, they have an awesome D-line coach. Chris Kachurik, and he finds these guys like Ebicom, Jordan Willis, uh, to some extent Amenahu, although I don't know what his status will be, yeah. Drake Jackson. They rotate a lot of guys in, and they play very hard. They come flying up the field, but this is not the Eagles' D-line. This is not you know four or five double-digit sack type guys. This is not like they got a bunch of guys going to the Pro Bowl. I would say it's Nick Bosa. And then some good players, but I don't know that I would say any of them are great. When you were watching that, and it was one of the things I had mentioned to you, when I was watching the game on Sunday night, it seemed a, like a bunch of times the 49ers over-pursue. Like they're so revved up and so jacked up, they kind of were going past you know, the quarterback, past the run. It, did you see any of that when you were re-watching it? I just noticed it a couple of times. They are as fast of a defense hmm. as I've seen in the NFL this year. Their linebackers, in particular Greenlaw, 57, and Fred Warner, they are lightning. I mean, they probably, I have to go through each team, probably the best pair of off-the-ball linebackers in the league. And so they are difference-making players. But I kind of like where your head's at, Rhea, in terms of some misdirection stuff, some counter stuff. Trick plays. Yeah, trying to use their aggressiveness. Exactly, against them. uh, Against them. And by the way, that's one of the beauties of the Eagles offense. There's not a ton of this is just what we're doing and everybody knows it, other than the quarterback sneak. So many of the handoffs to Miles Sanders, they have passes off of that. Or they have Jalen pulling the ball off of that. And so what I love about that is they'll start to get a bead on what these guys are doing and how they're pursuing or over-pursuing, as the case may be. And I think hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of that. I would look for, you know, like that play where they they um, they pull both linemen one way and they make it seem like it's a Jalen Hurts quarterback counter, but then they give the ball to the running back going the other way. Yeah. I would expect stuff like that just to kind of calm the, the Niners linebackers down. Get them thinking. And, yeah, get them thinking and realizing they can't just – look at one key and start flying there. Well, Ross, you were dancing around a little bit there because I wanted to ask you, it seems like uh, trying to play catch-up on the Niners, their defense, at times they will take chances. And if you're can, if you aware of what they're about to do, certainly your offense could take advantage and it can put up big yardage. Are you noticing something like that from the Niners? Well, they are very aggressive. I would say they are well-coached, though, and because they play so much zone coverage – they, they don't give up a ton. I mean, I know Rhea had the stat, but they try not to give up a ton on the back end. That's what's so interesting about a game like this. How, how are the Niners going to play it defensively? Are they going to have more two deep safety looks because they don't trust their corners, you know, to be in a lot of one-on-one situations against these receivers? Or are they going to try to stuff the run, not let Hurts – as the extra what they call plus one in the running game, meaning just having that extra guy as a factor in the running game, are they going to put Hufunga 
up in the box to try to stop that. But yes, John, I noticed that their safeties, Hufunga, Tayshawn Gibson, even their nickel, Jimmy Ward, very, very aggressive to try to come up and stop the run, to try to come up. You know how the Eagles do like those bubble screens? Yeah. They right. did a couple to Devontae. And by the way, can I just say this? This needs to be said. I love A.J. Brown. Did you see him blocking on those Devontae yep. Smith bubble screens? Yeah. You know, when we rank top receivers, nobody ever cares about their blocking. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, the guy's making $25 million a year, and he's paid to catch passes. I just – that's another home run by Howie. They got the right guy. Yeah. He's not a diva, and he'll block. You know, you're not going to see, like – Diggs and Jefferson. I mean, they're nah. not going to block like Devontae's AJ Brown blocked, blocks. and he's you know so slim. You got Goddard, who's terrific at it. Their skill position guys will mix it up. They get. I, oh, yeah. I will say this though: you watch the Niners, all their skill guys, their receivers downfield, yeah. they get after. Oh, it. do they? Okay. Oh man, like I mean, they're down there trying to kill safeties, pancake them. <laughs> and by the way, like maybe there's a lesson there. Now, I know they're two of the most talented teams, but maybe when you have everybody buy in, maybe when even your receivers ah. are blocking downfield, maybe that's, a, maybe that's part of why you have a really good team. Well, that's Ross, is, does that stem from just a coaching philosophy? Because not every, you see a lot of teams where they don't do that, where you have the skill position wide receiver that, I'm not doing any blocking, I catch the ball. Business decisions. Business decisions, <laughs> right. It's a culture thing, yeah. John. And you know what? Sirianni, it's so funny, by the way, because I go on these shows in these other cities, and they're like, what's the deal with Sirianni, Ross? What, what's his deal? Like, like, that's the question now. Oh, John is deal? very upset with his mugging, and I told him he's an idiot. I like the coach. I didn't like the mugging after they scored a touchdown against the Giants. That, it, it bugged me, Ross. Um, it did not. So, so it's funny. <laughs> If it was another coach, it probably would bug me. <laughs> right. But because it's Sirianni and the Eagles. By the way, I don't even know what that camera is. And why is the camera five inches from his face in the first place? <laughs> pro- oh, yeah, like, that's a good question. I'm just yeah. saying on you right now, if I was the coach of a team, I don't care if it's my daughter's team, and we're killing the other team, and there's a camera five feet from my face after somebody hits a home run in You're softball mugging. or whatever, I'd be making some kind of expression <laughs> to the camera. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be mugging, but I'd be doing something. I just, dude, I've watched that video so many times. So he he cracks me up, man. Remember, remember the first preseason game? People forget this. The Eagles only had their starters in for one drive mm-hmm. against the Jets. And Hertz got destroyed oh, out of bounds. Right, that's right. Do you remember that? And, and he Sirianni went off on, on looked like he wanted Salah. to go attack Salah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I would not recommend Sirianni. He's, he I, seems I, like a tough dude. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that would grow great for Sirianni no. against Salah. But you know what? The the point that he didn't care and that he was that fired up. You know, he's like a lot of people in life. I feel like at this point, John, mm-hmm. where um, you know. If he was on the other team, you would hate it, but he's on your team, so you love it. And you want guys like that. You know, I felt like as a player, you know, like when I was at the Patriots, we had Rodney Harrison. Now, when I played for the Buffalo Bills, I hated Rodney Harrison's guts (laughs) because I thought he was just like a cheap shot artist, whatever. When, When he's doing it for you, when he's on your team, you love it. Like you love that you have that guy on your team.
All right, let's go to the phones. Jen's on WIP. Good morning, Jen. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Say hi to Ross. Hey, Ross. Hey, Jen. How are you? Good. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I really like A.J. Brown, too. I don't think he's a showboat. I don't I don't look at him and see, you know, T.O. or even – and I love Deshaun, but Deshaun at the very beginning of, you know, his career with us. So, yeah, I love A.J. Brown, too. Yeah. So, uh, Jen, let me ask you what <clears throat> I, I kind of started my conversation with Ross with. Do you get the vibe that many are just – they've already overlooked the 49ers. That's, let's make our reservations for Arizona. As You know, I mean, does that bother you at all? Um, I mean, it doesn't bother me because I I know, you know, I know how it feels to be that excited. So I get it. Um, but I, I do agree with Ross that, you know, it, it's hard to see how those games went last week mm-hmm. and not think, okay, we're going to play the same way the following week. But I do think the 49ers are, you know, they're a way different opponent than the Giants. Um, we should have beat the Giants. We should have killed the Giants like we did. Um, but, you know, this is a much different matchup. Mm-hmm. It's a much uh, better matchup. They are certainly on our level. Um, but, I, but I think it's a great matchup, and I think it's the right one. And uh, as much as I would have loved to play the Cowboys and embarrass them in the link, um, you know, I'm excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Lane Johnson's a great matchup with Nick Bosa. But I think we really have the edge with Jalen, and yeah. I, I, you know, I love Hassan Reddick. He was a great free agent signing. I just, I'm looking forward to it. You and me both. Now, Jen, I, I, Ross, we're going to ask you this same question. I'll be curious what your answer is. So, Jen, to get you a spin yeah. on the prize wheel, uh, Eagles yes. playoff tickets limited went on sale for a Sunday's game, and nobody could get them. They were an impossible ticket I know, to get. I tried. I had two thousand people in front of me. I was like, "This is not happening." That stinks. <laughs> well, I, you know, for uh, semantics here, and to get you a spin on the prize wheel, if you sure. could purchase tickets to anything in history, could be a sporting event, could be a concert, something in history, what would it be? Well, <clears throat> I'm not going to lie to you. I was going to say Super Bowl Fifty Two, but since somebody already said it. Um, I'm going to have to say 96 Olympics when Carrie Strug stuck her landing on the vault and wow. the women won the gold medal. I can remember I was 11 years old. I cried with her. I was just so excited. I It was just so emotional and amazing. And if I could, I would definitely go back and watch wow. that. Wow, that's a great one. Hang in there, Jen. Number two, congratulations. You won a... Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa gift card for a 50-minute massage or facial. Visit any of their 60 locations in the area. Go to handandstone.com. So, Ross, mull that over. And uh, also on the I other side. I have a side. question about it. I have a oh, question oh, about sure, it. Oh, sure, sure. Is it, am I 43 years old at, or am I the, the, the age I would have been at the time? No, no. It can be before you were born if you would like. Just anything. No, I know that. But, like, <laughs> if I could get tickets to something in 1970, oh. I wasn't born yet. So how old am I at the event? Uh, are you Whatever s- age I want to be? S- yes. Any any age you want to be. Okay, okay. Ross, so- you can give us as detailed a response as you would like. Oh, no, I take stuff like this irrationally seriously. I'm very into it. <laughs> yes, we're aware of that. 215-592-9494. Also on the other side, we're going to make Ross very mad because the Eagles, in fact, do not have an advantage at quarterback come Sunday. Talk about impossible ticket to get. Welcome back, everybody. WIP morning show on this Ross Tucker Wednesday. 
Uh, we need to do an update on our, our, our first Twitter poll question of the day. And, um, uh, Ava, we need to specifically ask Ross this question before getting the results because it's going to enrage him. And then what he's yes. going to hear after that will get him even more upset. Yeah, Ross, this isn't my fault. Brought to you by Armin Chevrolet of Ardmore. Looking to buy or lease a new Silverado, Armin Chevy is your Silverado truck headquarters. Find your rose at ArminChevy.com. Who has the advantage at quarterback, Eagles or 49ers? Ross, would you like to answer that? <laughs> are we being serious? No, right no, no. You know what, Ross? There's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah, I there am- are people in their cars listening right now. We're wasting their time. Uh, hold, right Ro- now. Ross, uh, hold on a minute because uh, I, I know the answer, of course, is Jalen Hurts. But what if I told you I'm wrong, you're wrong, we're all incorrect? And uh, for my um, backstory to this, I got to bring you to a what is really a tremendous show. Pardon the interruption. It's been on for 25-plus years now. Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon, let's pick it up. Wilbon, do you see the Eagles having a significant advantage at quarterback? No. No. The other guy, huh, the rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, he's undefeated. He hadn't lost a game. Uh, so nobody has an advantage over him, and it's not two and zero. I think it's seven and zero. No, no, I don't. Uh, Ross, would you like to react to that? Your turn. I mean, NBA guy who doesn't know the name of the quarterback for the 49ers <laughs> thinks that he's better than Hurts. <laughs> Wait, very nice listen, of you to pick listen, that up. I, I've been doing this long enough. I I can tell when a guy knows a guy's name or not. He didn't know that he didn't know his name. He couldn't remember his name. That's why he goes <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. He couldn't remember his name. That you know, that there's actually an art to that. I kind of respect that right there by Will Bond, but um no. I mean, Hurts the only debate I think is interesting if we're talking about the four quarterbacks left is sort of Hurts versus Burrow. Yeah. I I think clearly Mahomes is the best quarterback. I think Clearly, Purdy's last of these. I think Burrow versus Hurts is a little bit more interesting. Burrow is like a stone cold assassin, mm-hmm. but Hurts' legs really give him a, a huge edge. But um, no. Now, listen, I will say this, John. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to drive me crazy? And look, I hope he plays like crap and I hope the Eagles win and all that stuff. But, and this is probably the undrafted free agent in me, but you know what's going to happen if. On, on two levels, if Purdy plays bad and the Eagles win, two things are going to happen. Number one, everyone's going to say, see, Purdy stinks. He's not good. There's a reason why he was a seventh-round pick. Even though all he's done is go in there and win every game, you know, he's won seven in a row now, as soon as he plays one bad game, he really hasn't had a bad game yet, people are going to say, see, he's not good. The problem with that is that then will also discount the Eagles' accomplishment. Sure. Yep. People are going to be like, okay, yeah, what'd you do? You beat Daniel Jones at home. You beat Brock Purdy at home. Well, the let's Cowboys see what fans you, can't say that. <laughs> right. Let's see what you do against Mahomes sure. or uh, Mahomes or, or Burrow. Or yeah. Burrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Ross, we're going to uh, just for uh, sake of uh, just. For a laugh, uh, Ava, it was, I'm assuming it's at like 97%. 96% Yeah, goals. that's shock. not shocking at all. But, no, uh, I, that's what the internet's helpful for. <laughs> we need to find the 4% <laughs> that said Purdy. Yeah, I want to talk to those people. No, we need to find the 4% that said Purdy, find out if they have kids, and call Child Protective Services. 
because <laughs> their, their kids are in grave danger if that's their parents. Just so you know, these are the, these are the comments, by the way. I know. Fire whoever created the idea for this poll. John Is Johnson. this real? Is this a serious question? Of course. Who approved this poll? John Johnson. <laughs> Again, context is, is everything. And, and not everybody is listening to the show at that moment you to understand what, why the question was, was hey, there. Hey, John. Yeah. To, to your, in, in fairness to you, I think we need to look it up. I think I saw somewhere where Craig Carton – Who's a New York radio yeah. guy? Yeah, he ranked Hertz four out of the four remaining quarterbacks. Yeah. He used to be here. He used to. Yeah, but Ross, there are. He used there, to be in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. He that. worked here. Yeah. There is a growing number of uh, national guys, Ross, that are picking up the steam where Wilbon left off and saying that you know the Eagles really don't have an advantage there because of what Brock Purdy has accomplished. So, for sake of argument, Ross, let me ask you about Brock Purdy. Yeah. We know what his record is. What yep. is he doing that is leading to the 7-0? How big a contributor is he in, in these wins? Big. Yeah, he's playing well. I mean, the biggest thing is he does not turn the football over, right? So he's now started seven games, and he has four interceptions. That's pretty good. No fumbles. So in seven games, he's only turned the football over four times. That's pretty darn good because they also – they're decently aggressive at times. He is, too, with some of the throws they make. They, nobody runs more in-breaking routes than the 49ers. So nobody ha- – those are like slants. Those are digs, in-cuts. So you're throwing the ball in the middle of the field, which, by the way, some people believe that the Eagles have issues in coverage in the middle of the field. Well, that's kind of what the Niners specialize in is throwing it in the middle of the field. Um, he's smart. He's completing 67% of his passes. He actually gives them a little bit more mobility than Garoppolo did. Like, if you told me Garoppolo was 100% healthy and I'm the Niners, I'd still have Purdy out there. Wow. I would still have him out there. Does he face a lot of pressure? Because I'm looking at the stats from a couple of the games that he's played in, and it doesn't look like they've allowed a lot of, you know, pressure on him. So – Two things. One is they do a really good job of throwing the ball when it's not obvious passing downs. So it's like bootlegs. It's play action. It's basically plays, Rhea, where the defensive line can't just tee off and get a rush. Mm -hmm. But also, he's pretty mobile. Like, he does a good job. That's the, I was reading up about some people that missed on him that, you know, thought he was a seventh round pick or not even draftable. And, they said he's a better athlete than they. He only ran a four eight five, but he's a better athlete than they gave him credit for hmm. because he's actually moved around the pocket really well. He's made people miss, and then he throws the ball away, or he makes people miss. Then he runs for five or six yards. He's got enough of that to him. And remember, like the Eagles couldn't get Davis Webb down for some reason. The Eagles have some games where they just can't get the guy down on the ground which is kind of what Purdy's done. Um, has Kyle Shanahan made his offense more simplistic to suit a rookie? I don't think so. I, I think, I mean, it looks like the same offense they always run to me. I mean, they, they, they always want to run the ball, especially with the outside zone, and then they want to run play action behind it, try to put the linebackers in a bind, try to run the bootlegs. It feels like the same offense – he always likes to run when they can run it. John and Lansdale's on WIP. Good morning, John. 
Hey, good morning, John. How are you doing today? Do, doing, so are you listening to San Fran Radio and, and what they're talking about? <laughs> I was listening to San Fran Radio. Sometimes before a game, I'll turn into like that station's radio and see what they're thinking about it. So what's the conversation like? Uh, the conversation is pretty much what we're having. Um, however, I did hear uh, Ross Tucker. Oh, 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 John, you were about to go into Ross Tucker and we lost you. Are you still I, there? I cut him off. I cut him off. Oh. Hank. Were you on San Francisco yeah, radio, Ross? There, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. He's back. Right, there he's you back. go, John. Go ahead. Pick up where you left off. Start again. I'm back. Yeah. So uh, again, I go. I uh, listen to other people's stations, other uh, radio stations, and just kind of see what they're thinking. And they, you know, they're thinking pretty much what we are. Like it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, Purdy doesn't have the experience that Hertz does, but. They're thinking that the defense could, um, you know, keep it pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then I heard uh, Ross Tucker yesterday. And, Ross, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but you said that there are Eatler, the Wow. Sorry. That the San Francisco 49ers could easily win. <gasps> Ross. Ross. Excuse Tucker. me, sir. On a Ross Tucker Wednesday on the flagship station oh. of the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> did you make such a statement? Of course they could win. Easily. No, I didn't say easily. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was going to make a cut of it, but uh, I don't know how to do that. No, <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, it, it, easily meaning not by a lot, meaning I can see the Niners winning the game. Because some people are acting like there's the, the Niners, oh, I, I can easily see a scenario where the Niners win the game. Oh, if they man. go out and get a lead, the, I don't see any scenario where the Niners win by a lot of points, if that's what you mean, John. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, okay, fair there, there's, yeah, I mean, I can easily see a scenario where they win, and the, and the scenario where the Niners win is this. Other than turnovers, they run the ball effectively. They possess the ball like the Saints did, like the Commanders yeah. did. They play with a lead. I can mm-hmm. see that happening. I mean, I, the, the Eagles' run defense is going to be tested – I'm still not convinced that the Eagles' run defense is going to be able to shut down the Niners. So, yes, I can easily see a scenario where the Niners win. But, no, I don't. I'm, if you took that to mean they win by a lot of points, that's definitely not what I was saying. So, John, yeah, uh, maybe John, you may not be able to secure Eagles tickets for Sunday, but what's an event, sports, concert, anything in history that if you could purchase tickets to attend, you would do it? Um. Probably Lakers versus Jazz, Kobe Bryant's last game. Kobe's Ooh. last game. That's a, that's not a bad one. Hang in there. Get your spin on the prize wheel. Number eight, which will win you a hand and stone massage and facial gift spa gift card for a 50-minute massage or facial. Go to handstone.com uh, for all their locations or to book an appointment. Ross, I was looking at like somebody had broken down the Eagles' run defense numbers like a little bit more, and it is a little bit alarming. Rushing defense, 32 in defending short yardage runs on third downs, 26 stopping running backs behind the line of scrimmage, hmm. and 21st in giving up carries that gain between 5 to 10 yards. That Those are concerning. So, yeah, and here's what I would say. I want everybody to picture this, right? Pretend you are just the Eagles linebackers. You there, there's, there's a couple different scenarios here. You can have those guys come firing downhill – flying to the football to stop the run or you could tell them to make sure it's a run before they actually attack and get a little bit more depth because they don't want to give up 
the chunk plays the explosive to the, play, to the yeah. explosive yeah. plays to Kittle and Samuel in the middle of the field off of play action. I I can't wait to watch Edwards and Kaiser White early in the game to see sort of what Gannon has told them. I mean, obviously, if it's a run, they want to come downhill. If they think it's bad, but you don't know. I mean, they they really do a nice job with their play action. Are they gonna? Are they flying out of their shoes, or are they a little more hesitant because the focus, the concern, is play action? You can't really, you can't be full throttle for both, mm-hmm. right? Like what you would you do? Be, what would you do against this team? Um, I would probably start Rhea by trying to not give up the explosives mm-hmm. and see how we do mm. against the run without flying downhill, well, uh, hold- right? Or without putting the safety in the box. And then if they're just running all over us, then I'd probably have those guys be a little bit more aggressive and take my chance a little bit more with the, with the pass and the explosive plays. We'll get more in, uh, into this on the other side. 215-592-949. Everybody on hold, hang tight. We're going to take your calls. Ross Tucker Wednesday, our time 739. Ross, before the show, Joe Wechter played this for me, and I had no idea what it was. Do you? Nope. It's a theme theme sounds, music to a show. Yeah, sounds like before my time. Rhea, do you know who this is? What this is? Not a clue. Streets of San Francisco, I believe it was called, right? Joe Wechter? Yeah. What was that? Michael, du- Michael Douglas, among others. No. Never See, Ross, like Ross and I show. weren't around. Streets of San Francisco. Another Joe Wechter special right there. All right, welcome back, everybody. WIP Morning Show, of course, with Ross Tucker on this Wednesday. Ross, you started to discuss it going into the commercial break. Now let's circle back. Um, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, this time last week, when we, uh, the three of us last spoke, uh, both Rhea and I spoke of a concern with Jonathan Gannon. He would come out against the Giants and in the, their first offensive possession would have a slow, methodical drive because Jonathan Gannon would come out in more of a soft zone. I was floored at what I saw from him against New York. Were you surprised? No, not really. Um, I, I think Gannon's pretty good. Um, I think it's interesting, too, because hearing Sirianni talk, the Eagles are so numbers-based, and rightfully so. I mean, that that helps them make more informed decisions, and – they know the numbers as it relates to explosive plays, and they just don't want to give them up. And I think Gannon, you know, I, I don't really know how much of it is Gannon doing that because that's what Sirianni wants him to do or Gannon doing it because that's what he wants to do. But a lot of times the defense has been designed to not give up explosive plays. Honestly, guys, I think that they looked at the Giants and thought, Who's going to do the explosive they, plays? They don't. With they, these guys? I mean, what does he throw? Like five, six yards a pass? Yeah, I mean, Jones? I think I mean, they looked. At, I think they looked at the Giants and they were like, uh, maybe Slayton might be able to catch a contested ball down the field. But I, I was actually surprised too, John. To your point, Eagles blitzed a lot more than I thought they yeah. were. Yeah, and they got guys coming free, and it was very clear. You know, it's kind of the advantage of having such a good four man rush is that. Teams are not expecting you to blitz. You know the Eagles' D line is so good; they get so much pressure with the four man rush. They're, they're surprised. They were clearly the Giants were clearly caught off guard by 
the blitzing and some of the things the Eagles did coverage-wise, Jones did not know. look like he knew where to go with the ball. What he was expecting is not what was happening. I mean, the interception, you know who is awesome? Bradbury. He is awesome. <laughs> and we got to enjoy him because I'm quite confident he's going to get a ton of money from yeah. somebody else this offseason. But, like, the interception he had, he knew that the Eagles were blitzing. So he knew, okay, we're blitzing, and it was, I think, Gardner-Johnson maybe. So we're blitzing a guy from the secondary. He's going to come free, which means Jones is going to have to throw the ball hot to one of his receivers. So Bradbury played a little bit off, and he was all over that. He ate that up. He knew exactly where Jones was going to throw the ball. He jumped it, got the pick. And, uh, yeah, I really liked Gannon's change up there for sure. So now when we go from San, uh, from New York to San Francisco, um, you, you started to talk about this. What, what should the initial scheme be for Gannon that he can adjust upon? Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth on this. And, and the focal point for me is um, putting a greater emphasis on the run versus a greater emphasis on the play-action pass and the explosive plays they can get in the middle of the field as a result of those play-action passes, right? And so we're primarily talking about the linebacker depth and aggressiveness, and we're talking about whether or not you you put an extra safety in the box. I actually think there's a decent chance the Eagles will do a lot of that 5-1 look Hmm. where Kaiser White's not even really in the game and you've got five D linemen who the design is to try to stop the run with them, but also if it is a pass, you essentially have five one-on-ones. The problem with that defense is if someone gets up on Edwards, then it's a big run, right? Right, Because you right. only have one real second-level defender. But I think that – I mean, that's something we can talk about with the listeners. That's something we can debate You know, the rest of the week is should the – Early in the game, because you can always adjust, right? But early in the game, should the Eagles' focal point be on, for the linebackers especially, on the run or on the play action? I kind of, so it's weird because I know that you're not supposed to give up explosive plays. Stylistically, I despise when the other team runs on the Eagles. It just, I know, Rhea, you feel the same way. (laughs) Yes, I hate it. It's just like painful (laughs) to watch. Yes. It feels like a death by a thousand paper cuts. (laughs) It just, it's like Like painful. If Kittle makes a great catch, I expect Kittle to make a great catch. They throw the ball to him. I'm pretty sure he's catching it. But the run, yeah, that bothers me. I kind of like the idea. Honestly, I think I, I think I said something different last segment. That's the beauty of being on the radio, right? You just change your mind (laughs) midstream. Angelo made a living out of it. (laughs) I kind of like the idea of the Eagles being super aggressive to stop the run and making Purdy beat them and trying to force the Niners into obvious passing downs. Watching the tape again last night, um, I mean, the Cowboys in the first half, maybe the first three quarters, really stuffed the Niners' rushing attack. Mm -hmm. Let's make Kittle make that incredible bobble catch. Let's make Purdy have to make those throws and let's try to get him in some third and long situations where we can really heat him up and make him uncomfortable. 
Mark in Collegeville is on WIP. Morning, Mark. Jan Jansen. How you doing, Jan? I'm doing good, Mark. Everything good with you? Uh, about as good as it's going to be, I guess. Why? What's the matter? I didn't say anything was Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were about to say you tried getting <laughs> Eagles tickets and couldn't get them. Man, me trying to get Eagles tickets, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lost cause right now. Wow, well, I mean, only 2,000 roughly were able to get them anyway. So what's going on, yeah. Mark? Not much. Uh, I had a uh, I had a quick question for Ross here. So, Ross, you, you were an offensive tackle, right? Yeah, I played all five, yeah. Okay, so with... Lane Johnson playing through the injury, which commendable. I can't believe he's doing it. But again, it was against the Giants. Now they didn't have anybody to the caliber of Bosa that he's going to be going up against. With him having this injury, how important is that core getting off, having the power, and holding off somebody like Bosa? Yeah, I mean Bosa's going to be the defensive player of the year in the league. He is excellent. Um, he's not like a, a huge speed threat. I mean, he can go around the corner, but what makes him special is his technique and his strength. So this will be a real test for Lane. I thought it was interesting that the Giants, I noticed on at least one snap, put Dexter Lawrence over Lane Johnson mm-hmm. because to stop a bull rush – it's really your butt, your quads, and your core. Which, by the way, doesn't sound like you're going to be playing football anytime soon, but anybody out there, like if you have a kid, it, it's all your legs and core. I mean, everybody wants to bench press or curl or do all those things. Like playing line, especially offensive line, it's your core strength and your legs. When I was growing up, I knew about the legs part of it. I didn't realize. Like I, I literally, Rhea and John, I, I didn't even do sit-ups because I thought that was like just wow. for the girls at the beach or the pool. You know what I mean? Like now, now that not, now that I get to the NFL, I'm like, well, good call there. Maybe that's why I have a bad back. <laughs> and also, that's like the most important muscle is your core muscles. But like I thought that was just like for show. Nobody taught me when I was in high school that that's like important. So yeah, anyway, don't skip leg day. Yes. No, but the Giants put Lawrence on Lane to really try to test that that core and I think um, I think Bosa will probably do the same early I think he'll try to bull rush him because when, when someone's bull rushing you right picture someone trying to knock you back you can't help but flex your stomach muscles right like that's how you have to stop them it can't feel it doesn't feel good when one of your stomach muscles is torn and you're trying to do that so that matchup that's another thing I have written down is um do the Eagles give Lane any help, right. or do they have that much confidence in him that they continue to leave him one-on-one? I think because the other Niners D linemen aren't great, I think they can actually give Lane some help in this game. Tom, uh, excuse me, Mark, uh, give me a uh, an event history you would like to purchase tickets to. Real quick, before I do that, Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame. I disagree with it because I was listening to Howard and Julio last night, and I agree with Howard, I mean, because he only had a 275 lifetime batting average, only 297, or 275 batting average in 297 mm. home runs, and he was a, maybe an average defensively at best. So 
I mean, I'm, Average I'm not defensively. For what? No, what? he was he was great defensively, Mark. You can make the case offensively, but not defensively. I, I'm I, not even a fan of Rollins, and he was an elite third baseman. Yeah, the, Rhea, can you can you guys rem- remind me what he did? Uh, he just he he never really wanted to be here. You know, yeah. he was right before. He also didn't like playing on the turf, and I I, I get that. He thought it was going to kill his career, and he wound up playing 17 seasons. <laughs> he was miserable all the time. He had a famous quote that, uh, and I believe it was Dana Penn and O'Neill had it. In the Daily News, if um, she was trying to get, you know, behind the curtain, you know, with him trying to do a piece on him. And his comment was, if you want to get to know me, sorry about your luck. Yeah. He, and I've never forgotten. He he played for the Phillies during a time where they were very forgettable yeah. and they were middling in purgatory. Yeah. And he wanted out. So. He, so the whole time he wanted out. And how did he get out? They eventually traded him, right? Yeah. And, he, you know, there, there was Scott Rowland Day. They had a big Scott Rowland Day at the at the vet, and um, he sat. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't play. I know. What? He, play, he played he eight, play. yeah, 18 seasons in Major League Baseball. His first seven were with the Phillies. And then the next 11, all Cardinals? Uh, Cardinals and Reds. And, and he, I think he had one year. And he, with, won, he won the World Series with the Cardinals, right? I think but so, I'm yeah. But I'm pretty sure Tony La Russa couldn't stand him either. Yeah, he's, he will not be wearing a <laughs> Phillies hat when he's inaugurated, when he's enshrined. Interesting. Mark, what's your uh, event? So I would have loved to have been alive and been able to get tickets to go and see the Phillies in 1980 win the first ever World Series. Uh, First ever World Series. Hang in there, Mark. Number two, which is a Keith Jones autographed card. 215-592-9494. More with Ross coming up. It's 757.